Welcome to podcast number 17 from Financial Frameworks, where the goal is to help you increase your financial decision-making skills, building on what you already know. I'm Mike Lehan, the author of Financial Frameworks. I've taught finance to operations managers for 18 years, worked for a Fortune 100 financial services firm, and I'm bringing what I learned on the job and what worked in the classroom with my students to the internet in 15 to 20 minute segments for your use. Today's podcast focuses on the consumer price index. It's been in the news recently, and specifically we'll look at five things about the consumer price index or CPI. One, what exactly is it? Two, how understanding it is useful to you. Three, what are the direct effects of this economic indicator on your life? Four, what are the indirect effects? questions and problems that will help you incorporate CPI data into your financial planning. Recently, the Consumer Price Index has been in the news as on September 13th at 8.30 a.m., the Bureau of Labor Statistics transmitted a news release that stated, and I quote, the Consumer Price Index for all urban consumers rose 0.1% in August on a seasonally adjusted basis after being unchanged in July. Over the last 12 months, the all items index increased 8.3% before seasonal adjustment. News media and most analysts focused on the 8.3% and the CPI remained in the news as the prime motivating piece of information pushing the Federal Reserve to raise their interest rate, the Fed funds rate, which in turn is used as a base rate for banks and other lenders. The Fed raised the Fed funds by 0.75 or three quarters of a percentage point, and all lending and other interest rates moved up accordingly. Since borrowing affects all of us far beyond just lending, let's look at the consumer price index in a way that you can use that information in planning and also so that the information sticks for you. We make decisions based on the information that we have and the goals we want to achieve. Some of that information is personal and unique to each of us. We have three children. There are no children. There are two grown children. Or we live in an expensive area or we live in a place where housing and food is less expensive. When we make financial decisions, we're looking into the future and usually consider both the personal data and then broaden our scope beyond our immediate employment and family concerns to look at what is happening in the industry we work in or the regional economy or what's happening nationally. Before I decided that I needed a framework, such surveys on, for my part, were usually an uneven and frustrating process. There was just too much news and it was conflicting. And that was the case prior to the advent of the internet when my sources that I was relying on were far more limited like newspapers or magazines. Today, there are tons of statistics, endless news sources, wave after wave of mind-numbing and often conflicting reports about a myriad of economic matters. Employment, unemployment, gross domestic product, consumer sentiment, trade deficits, interest rates, the stock and the bond market movements, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. In the midst of all this data, some statistics are simply more important than others. CPI is one of those statistics. You and I have the personal data, what I paid for gas today. However, we also need the 50,000 feet data to plan for saving, spending, or borrowing. 
Okay, so what it is and why understanding it is useful. First, what is the CPI that shows up in the newspapers? It's a two-part answer. What it is and how it's assembled. It is a set of percentages that show how much specific items, routine items that we purchase regularly, have increased or decreased in price over the past month and in comparison to their prices one year ago. The items measure fall into seven major categories. They are food, number two, energy, number three, vehicles, number four, apparel, number five, shelter, number six, transportation services, and number seven, medical care. Two CPIs are usually reported, one with food and energy and one without. We're concerned with the one that has everything. Within these seven major categories, there are 200 subcategories, very detailed and very uh, focused on what we purchase. Candy is one of them. You and I care about these subcategories because we buy specific things, not statistical categories. So we want to look at what is immediately important to you and me and to our budgets. Then we look at broader numbers for perspective. For example, I will look at automobile prices because they're a big driver in the American economy, but it's not as personal to me because I'm not buying a car this year. But I do want to know how that number is looking for the economy as a whole. So back to the definition. That's what it is. Now the definition. The Bureau of Labor Statistics defines CPI as a measure of the average change over time in prices paid by urban consumers for a representative basket of consumer goods and services. How do they collect the data? This is important because it needs to be accurate. Quoting the BLS. BLS data collectors visit in person or on the web or call thousands of retail stores, service establishments, rental units, and doctor's offices all over the United States to obtain information on the prices of thousands of items used to track and measure price changes in the CPI. The BLS records the price of about 80,000 items each month, representing a scientifically selected sample of the prices paid by consumers for goods and services purchased. That's the definition, and that's how the data is collected. Pretty solid, pretty reliable. But before leaving the definition and on, going on to the uses, I would like to share a perspective on economic data that we don't usually think about, but it is worth considering, particularly in this age of disinformation. It is stuff like this, the consistent availability of trustworthy data that makes capitalism work and provides the lubrication that decreases the friction of financial transactions. The folks at the BLS take this stuff pretty seriously. They work hard to be accurate and more importantly, understand that there is value in truth. Remember that all human actions operate on three levels, literal, symbolic, and moral. So having reliable numbers to guide a person's economic decisions may be assumed in our society, but it doesn't exist everywhere. And it is one of the less thought about elements in our financial world that provides, again, the lubrication of trust to our planning and our actions. Many people, especially in the last 15 years, don't see a role for government or see it as being needed to be limited and the role as objectionable. 
When thinking about them, I often reflect on the Robert Frost poem, Mending Wall, in terms beyond his orchard-minding sense, in which he says, good fences make good neighbors. Most people see fences as a limiting of boundaries. I see them as economic enhancements, as some friends of mine have cattle. The fences keep the cattle out of the road and safeguard my friends' investment and economic interest. I use data to define boundaries in a positive way. Thank you, BLS. Now back to the CPI. How does it affect me? How does this inflation in the CPI affect me directly? The short answer is that having a familiarity with the CPI data, say you spend 20 minutes a month looking at the monthly CPI report, will cause you to be smarter and clearer about planning for specific purchases. The underlying logic behind that device is important. You already know what inflation does. Inflation erodes your purchasing power. When food, gasoline, or rents increase, less money is available for other things, like clothing and medicine. Usually, inflation costs exceed raises in wages. Knowing what you spend and having a sense of whether those costs will increase a lot, a little, or very little is important in planning those expenditures. And to the extent that you can, you want to reduce those costs. It is a given that you have little control over prices of goods. However, armed with information, you can plan better. You can make choices. You can substitute things. You can put things off. You can move more quickly. It's a safe bet that most people do not read the Bureau of Labor Statistics CPI news release on the second Tuesday of every month. However, usually between pages 9 and 16, you will find the annual and month-to-month percent of increase for the prices for over 200 categories of goods and services. So let's suppose that you're interested in buying a car. You go to page 17. You look at the table. It shows that prices increased by 0 0.5, 0 0.8, and 0.7% over the last three months. You now understand that prices have gone up 2% over the last three months and 10% over the past year. You have more data now to inform you about your upcoming choices. Possibly you decide to buy the car now because it's still within your budget and you think it won't be in four more months. Or you decide to go with your current car because you think conditions will change in six months and prices will decrease. But at least now you have the data, your personal data and an accurate overview of what is happening in, in your specific area of purchasing interest. Knowledge is power. So take the 20 minutes to read table two in the BLS CPI monthly news release. Time well spent. Okay, point two, how does the CPI affect me indirectly? In a phrase, two ways the business cycle, and how concerned the Federal Reserve is about inflation. Our economic world travels in a circle. The business cycle, expansion, peak, contraction, and trough or recession. Then it repeats itself. The CPI shows price increase and price decrease in these 200 plus categories throughout the business cycle. Economists, lenders, government entities, for instance, the CPI is used to determine the cost of living adjustments for Social Security and for other government programs. All these people look at the CPI in planning inventories, hirings, layoffs, and all sorts of other business activities. So you care about 
where we are in the business cycle. Secondly, if the Federal Reserve is concerned about inflation, and it is right now, it will work to reduce inflation aggressively in order to maintain economic activity and to ensure the soundness of the dollar. These two sets of realities, institutional and cyclical realities, affect jobs, wages. Am I going to get a raise? Am I not? These two factors, where we are in the business cycle and the Federal Reserve's intent with interest rates, you need to know where we are, again, so that you can plan. That's the indirect effect. Now, here are some problems and questions to help you incorporate CPI data into your financial framework. First, let's look at gasoline. Gas is psychologically as well as in reality an important cost. CPI says that gasoline, all types, their prices year over year at the end of August rose by 25.6%. Month over month for the last two months, it has decreased by 18.8%. So here's the question to you. There's the data that's presented in the CPI. Here's the question. What do you think that the October report will say for gas price changes from August to September and also annually? Do you think they will be lower, higher, and how does that affect your planning for, say, trips and for purchasing more or less gas-efficient vehicles, possibly an electric vehicle? How does that affect your thinking? This problem is designed to build your financial framework habits. Looking at data regularly, periodically, will cause you to think more clearly. Question two, we've talked in past podcasts about where we think inflation will be six months from now. Dr. Giles and I, in a recent podcast, thought it would go up five to 6% over the next six months. So basically a lower inflation rate than what we're currently experiencing. So my question to you is, if I were to take the 20 minutes suggested earlier to look at the monthly CPI report, what would you look at? By that, I mean, which items, which services, or which products would you look at? Remember, there are over 200 subcategories, and you're buying some of those items, but not all of them. You can find the BLS report at bls.gov cpi data.htm. I will post that link and my reason for asking this question on finframeworks.com. Thank you for listening to this podcast on the CPI. The topic for our next podcast will be taken from current news issues, things that you are thinking about and talking about, and that I am as well. It could be bonds versus stocks, or it could be the housing market. We'll take a look at the news, and we will find what I think would be most current and most useful to you to add to your financial framework. Again, thanks for listening. I hope this has been helpful. Mike Lehan.